Hello and welcome to HU Coach's Corner. I'm your host Bryce Lippy, and today I'm joined by HU head track and field coach Joel Childs. And coach, it's great to have you here. Thank you. I appreciate it, Bryce. So one of the things that I want to ask you to begin with is the track season last year was obviously um, kind of wiped out with the pandemic. How did your players uh, handle that and how have they handled uh, getting back on the field? Yeah, uh, we uh, had a very successful indoor nationals and uh, essentially um, like four or five days later, um, we were you know, in quarantine and, and everything was shut down. And so it was really difficult, uh, not only for coaches, but also for athletes over the next um, couple of months where they're used to competing to have essentially time off. Um, and it was hard to really get them back into the groove of running and back, get them back into the mentality of competition. So there was a learning curve um, for kids to step back into running. Now they've adopted it or adapted to it eventually real well. It was, I mean, it's like riding a bike. It just took a while for them to remember it. Um, but it, it definitely, there was definitely some learning both on the coaching as well as the athlete side, adjusting from a long uh, moratorium or dead period into get, gearing back up for competition as well as practice. You've had several athletes uh, qualify for um, for nationals. What's that been like for your team? Yeah, uh, the team is really excited. We um, leave on this coming Monday for indoor nationals in, in South Dakota, and they're super uh, excited to compete. I'm not sure they're super excited to go to South Dakota in March, but uh, they're just excited to be able to compete at a national level again. We've got uh, 16 or 17 athletes going which has got to be the most athletes uh, that Huntington's had in, in at least recent history qualify for nationals. And so um, we've got some really good things going on. And, you know, coming out of that uh, quarantine and COVID period where we couldn't practice, they've done a really good job of stepping up to a national stage, especially when you think about with COVID restrictions, this is going to be this will, this will be one of the hardest nationals to qualify for because uh, the NAIA is only allowing 16 athletes per event, where typically you will have anywhere from mid-20s to mid-30s amount of student athletes qualifying per event. You're cutting that number in what can be half, and so it's one of the most difficult ones to qualify for as well. So it's very impressive to see what those kids have done um, they're very, very excited about it, not only the experience of nationals, but also the camaraderie that comes with traveling to nationals and competing at a really high stage. You had the national meet that's kind of been sandwiched right in the middle of the season with everything going on. How have your players adapted to that and what's that been like? Yeah, that's probably uh, as tough as the quarantine has been. Um, that's probably been if not as difficult, next to as difficult as the quarantine uh, because we have indoor nationals in March and typically it's about 10 weeks or so and then we have outdoor nationals and you can do some quality training and really gear up for that again. The problem this year is that cross-country nationals was moved from first semester to second semester. So you have a nationals in March, 
You have cross-country nationals in April, and then you have outdoor track nationals in May. And so you've got three or four weeks between each national, and really it puts you in a place where um, you really can't gear up for every nationals. You have to pick and choose. And so um, right now our men's um, cross-country team is ranked number one in the country, and I believe the women are third in the country. And, and so indoor nationals really is, we're training through that to help them gear up more for cross-country nationals because of their national rankings. And that's not to say we're not doing great things on the men's and women's indoor scene. I think the men are ranked 13th in the country, and I believe the women are ranked 6th uh, or 7th in the country. So they're still doing some good things, but you can't, uh, you can't peak, as it were, uh, for both indoor, cross-country, and track nationals because of the time period. So again, they're just going to train straight through indoor and then try to do as well as they can for cross-country, and then we'll see what we can do for outdoor season at that time. Your team has really improved a lot with uh, an indoor or national uh, championship last year. What does that do as far as affecting the, uh, the, the mental uh, process of your, of your team moving forward? What are your goals for the next few years? From a mental standpoint, it, it just reaffirms you know, what we tell them. You guys are national level athletes. You can go out and compete with the best. Um, and uh, it's just reaffirming to what we as coaches see and know, um, but you've got to now uh, convince. A lot of times the athletes know it, but they don't necessarily believe it in the middle of that race and when things get hard. And being able to do the things that we've been able to do at a national meet over the last few years has really reaffirmed um, what we've been telling them, but also what these kids know. Um, you know, so often we now have uh, freshmen coming in who are making a national level impact right away, where in the past it might have taken them a year or two to believe and to get to that national level. Now they're making much quicker impacts, and that has everything to do with the type of atmosphere and the athletes that are around. And that's not to say that the level of athleticism within our athletes is significantly higher. It's just the level of commitment and belief that they have in the training that they're doing is a lot higher. So when you look at that, you know, indoor nationals uh, for the women winning it, for the men, you know, our DMR, distance medley relay, they were all Americans and our four by 800 was all Americans. Um, you know, we qualify 16 to 17 athletes this year, and you can see that that's a progression, even from last year, um, success that we had. But the other thing, too, is that you can see that we've really got a core group of coaches that are really good at what they do. Uh, a core group of coaches who uh, know the events that they're coaching, but also that are um, really feeding into and loving on the athletes that we have. And so it's this trickle-down effect, I think, from the leadership um, all the way down to the student-athletes student themselves. What's it like to be the coach for both men and women? Coach for both men and women. Uh, one of the toughest things I had to learn in the beginning was you, you do not coach them the same way. That's, that's for sure. Uh, but honestly, um, it, it, there isn't a huge difference between coaching men and women. Uh, it's, it's about coaching individuals more than anything else because the way you coach some guys, some ladies will respond very well to. 
and the way you coach some ladies, some guys will respond very well to. So more than anything else, it's not a difference between men and women, it's a difference between individuals. And the only way you're gonna know that is to really feed into and get to know your student athletes, uh, which is one of the hardest things to do when you're the head track coach. Uh, you know, we've got 65 to 70 athletes on the team. It's really hard to get to personally know our, our student athletes. I so often equate being a head track coach to being a head football coach. A head football coach, more than anything else, is he's just organizing and helping lead some of the coaches, and the coaches are the ones who are getting into the nitty-gritty. Now, that co head football coach might be you know, a quarterback's coach or something like that, but he day-to-day -day is not dealing with the D-line or you know, your, your wideouts or iron or something like that. And so often, uh, for me, from day-to-day, -day, I won't necessarily have a lot of interaction with our distance athletes because I coach sprints and hurdles. Um, so for me, um, more than anything, when we talk about coaching techniques, is, again, it's getting to know the athlete and then making sure you're feeding into what the athlete needs to continue to progress. And that only happens at, at a personal level. Talk about your seniors and what kind of leadership they've had. I've, I've said numerous occasions that, you know, the, the progression of this program is due to the change in the atmosphere and the mentality and the expectation. And that all started with the athletes who are now seniors. They have established this foundation that we're building off of. And it's not perfect, but it's so much further ahead than where it was, um, you know, when I started here five years ago. And so without those student athletes who are our upperclassmen, juniors and seniors, um, to be perfectly honest, we're not doing nearly the same amount of success as we are because uh, it's a perfect storm of leadership from coaches and assistant coaches, but also working in conjunction with those student leaders. And so without the seniors or just upperclassmen in general that we have, we don't have nearly the success that we have. And so they are absolutely invaluable to what we're doing right now. And then one more question for you, Coach. As far as the fan restrictions, because I know like at a track meet, you know, you have all the enthusiasm with, you know, when the gun goes off, it's time to go, and you have everybody yelling and screaming as, you know, players are running around the corner. What is it like for your players to have adapted to not having that fan support? Yeah, uh, it's weird, um, I, if I'm going to put it really frankly. It's just weird, especially for indoor. Uh, an indoor track is roughly the size of... Uh, um, four or five basketball courts and so you take an area the size of four or five basketball courts and you put no fans and you put at any given time maybe 150 athletes in there and there's some noise but mostly kids are real quiet because they're gearing up mentally for their races they've got their headphones in and they're just sort of um, doing what they need to do to mentally get themselves prepped so it's really quiet one of my coaches actually uh, made the comment that going to indoor track meets is like going into the library now. It's just so much quieter. So it's just weird. Now, one of the benefits, though, is it's a lot easier to help kids with paces. Like, you know, if you're running a 5K, which is 3.1 miles, it's a lot easier for athletes to hear paces to make sure they're running, uh, you know, the correct pace that they need to to run a personal best and that sort of thing. So there's good and bad, but with that, 
I would much rather have or uh, I would much rather have spectators there because uh, it really takes the intensity uh, and everything that comes with competing to that next level. Now, with that being said, if if we can't have spectators and that allows us to compete, I'm happy to make that sacrifice. Uh, but it certainly has been an adjustment both for coaches as well as athletes. Yeah, I'm sure. Well, Coach, thank you so much for your time and. I know it's been hard coaching with the pandemic, but I think all you guys have done a great job no matter what the sport. But thank you so much for your time and it's been greatly appreciated. Absolutely, Bryce. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you so much for listening to this episode of HU Coaches Corner. Remember to subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts and tune in to Forrester Radio 105.5 WQHU for more. Until next time, for Coach Joel Childs, this is Bryce Lippy. Go Foresters! <laughs>